You're listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the Internet to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web shapes popular opinion, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com. Gerald Barron, founder and CEO of Peer Systems, goes on the record online at the PRSA International Conference 2008 in Detroit. Everything is faster, faster, faster. And what the impact of that is, is it leads organizations with a very simple question. Will they tell their story or will they allow others to tell their story for them? And thank you for downloading this episode of On the Record Online with Gerald Barron, founder and CEO of Peer Systems. We had a chance to talk at the 2008 PRSA International Conference in Detroit about the disappearance of news cycles, online communications as a trend, and the insatiable quest for speed in the media relations business. Hi, this is Chris Bechtel, and I'm the Vice President of Products and Services with iPressroom. And I'm here with the new segment called What You Can Do with iPressroom. This week, we're talking about SEO, a.k.a. Search Engine Optimization. Using iPressroom's media platform, non-technical communications pros can easily search optimize their press releases and other content to increase the visibility and relevancy in search. iPressroom provides a press release SEO wizard as a part of every Pressroom package, and this includes a step-by-step online tool for optimizing your releases for better visibility in search. Once optimized, you can upload your release directly to your online press room and to the wire service of your choice. Adding trackable hyperlinks in your release enables you to drive traffic to specific web pages on your client's website or your corporate site and track those conversions. To learn more, see us in action, feel free to send email to info at ipressroom.com or visit us on the web at www.ipressroom.com demo. Gerald Barron, founder and CEO of Peer Systems, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Great to be here. And uh, where are we? Where are we? We're in Detroit, Michigan, I believe. At the PRSA PRSA International Conference. That's right. And you're making a presentation here. I did yesterday. Tell us about what you presented on. Well, the title was Building Trust in a Threatening Media Environment, and essentially it was uh, aimed at helping communicators to... uh, help their leaders who are ultimately making the decisions about how communication is going to be handled, particularly in crisis or reputation situations, helping them to understand the threatening media environment, the, what's happening in instant news, what's happening in social media, so that they can uh, help their, their seniors make the right decisions about what they need to do to protect the uh, future of their organization. So Gerald, you're a PR vet. You've been doing this for many years. Before you, even got in, before you started Peer Systems, mm-hmm. you were doing public relations. So you've seen the shift because you're a pre-internet guy. Right. You're a digital immigrant just like me. Um, how has it changed? How has how have news cycles changed as a result of the internet? Well, there are no news cycles anymore. Uh, that's that's one of the things that's changed. Uh, I'm speaking next week in Washington, D.C. on a uh, government conference for risk and crisis communication trends in the 21st century, put on by Booz Allen Hamilton and the Homeland Defense Journal. And my message is going to be faster, faster, faster. 
it, we live in a completely instant news world. That's completely changed. All media operate on the basis of competition based upon immediacy. If it isn't happening right now, it's not, it's not news. It's not worthy for them to be dealing with. And the competition for audiences is intense. Uh, what's happening right now is in Hurricane Ike, for example, there was a reporter using Twitter as their, as their means of communicating. Uh, in the LA fires uh, a few weeks, a couple of weeks ago, Los Angeles Fire Department was using Twitter as a means of um, updating the public as to what was going on in the fire. Those things are all immediate. Everybody carries a cell phone. We have 300 million electronic news gathering pieces of equipment walking around waiting for somebody to capture. Every, every major news organization, CNN, CBS, uh, whatever, they, uh, they're engaging the services of citizen journalists even as their professional journalists' uh, staff is being reduced. So um, everything is faster, faster, faster. And the, it, what the impact of that is, is it leads organizations with a very simple question. Will they tell their story, or will they allow others to tell their story for them? If they allow the media and the bloggers and, the, and all of those to tell the story, they have to understand that they're putting their future in the hands of people whose driving interest is to build an audience, and in many cases, at any cost. So let's say I buy it. I buy into your, your, your line of reasoning, and I'm ready to go. I'm in charge of PR at a big multinational, or I'm a managing director at a, uh, at a global PR firm. I buy into what you're saying, Gerald, what do I do now? We uh, focus on the, what we call the four Ps. Uh, these are the keys to preparing to deal in this instant news environment. And the four Ps are policy, plans, people, and platform. All of them are absolutely essential for them to be able to operate in this environment. Policy, I'm not talking about great big complicated documents. It, your policy, the organization's policy, has to answer a very simple question. Are we going to tell our story, or are we going to allow others to tell our story for us? If, if the answer is, no, we want to tell our story, it means that they have to do it with incredible speed, instantly, and they have to be able to do it directly. They have to be able to communicate to key audiences, not just the media, but we're in an era of, I call it the post-media society where uh, the technology exists and is demanded by audiences to be able to communicate directly. Po uh, Virginia Tech was a great example of that. The primary issue coming out of Virginia Tech was students expecting to be able to be notified and hear directly from the, from the university. So we're living in an era of direct communications, of incredible speed, and the third thing is transparency. So the policies have to reflect um, these are the things that we need to do. Then the plans have to be realistic in terms of what's approval process, what needs to be put in place in advance, how do we, how do we prepare to respond to a crisis. People, the people will make the difference. Um, so that having them competent and trained, uh, drilling and doing exercises to uh, respond to this is critical. And the fourth thing is where we primarily work ourselves, which is the platform. They have to have the technology in place to be able to execute on the plan and the policies. And from our standpoint, it means a single uh, control platform that is completely web-based, outside of IT infrastructure, completely controlled by communicators to enable them to do all the critical communication functions that they need to do, from gathering information to drafting materials collaboratively to distributing that in multiple modes. Peer, for example, distributes, uh, does all of these things and distributes via text messaging, phone messaging, uh, email, fax, RSS feeds, and complete web content management, essentially with a single click of the button. 
Amen, uh, brother. You're preaching. You're preaching the choir on that one. So ha- having a control platform to manage the communications that enables this speed, direct communication, and transparency, we believe is is uh, critically important, and our clients have demonstrated that. As do we, obviously, because. As I said before we started, we are in fact competitors. But the beauty of new media is that we can have this discussion and uh, let the chips fall where they will. Having said that, when you look at Virginia Tech as a case study, um, what do you take away? What do you take away from that? What, what, what does it tell you? What have you learned from two, it? Two things. One of them is um, that Virginia Tech shifted the ground of pub- the public understanding and certainly um, those responsible for public safety that now people expect to hear from you directly. They, it, it, nothing in my uh, recollection has had the, as pro- for profound effect as Virginia Tech on getting people to understand that this is not a world in which people depend upon the mainstream media anymore for urgent information. They, go, they, they want to hear directly from the people who are responsible for their safety. Uh-huh. Students did that, but now you see every emergency management office, uh, you know, department in the country dealing with the issue of how are we going to alert people, how are we going to talk to them directly when something is going on that affects their health or safety. So that's the first thing, the putting the emphasis on direct communication uh, in addition to dealing with the media. Um, the, uh, the second thing is it demonstrates is that, uh, and we, we have a white paper on our website about this, it's called Notification is Not Communication. We, we've worked, we're working with dozens of uh, organizations, companies, and, and uh, government agencies in the Houston area. So we're very busy, or our system was used very extensively during Hurricane Ike. And one of the things, uh, in, including by a major university in, in that area, and one of the things that uh, it clearly demonstrated, they used our system for notifications. They sent out 900,000 plus text messages and text-to-voice messages. Um, but what that does is it triggers a, 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 a need for additional information. It, it, it triggers questions that have to be answered. So when, when a lot of times people, who, they implement a notification system and they think their job is done. No, if you get a text message and you're a student in a classroom and the text message says, in effect, run for your life, what are you going to do? That creates a huge demand for additional information. So uh, people who put te- uh, these systems in place without the ability to handle the hundreds or thousands of inquiries that are going to be generated, without having the ability to continually post instant content onto their websites, to be able to follow that up with um, RSS feeds into Facebook or MySpace pages or uh, deal with all the different modes of communication that people are expecting, what they're, what they're doing is they're setting themselves up for real disappointment, for re- real problem, because if I'm walking outside of a, um, of a classroom and I've just gotten that text message, uh, I'm going to get on my phone. I'm going to try to find out what's going on. And when, I, when the phone lines get jammed up, which they will almost instantly, uh, then I'm going to try to hit a website, or I'm going to be expecting an email update, or I'm going to be expecting additional information. And that's where the system breaks down right now, is that, that uh, these organizations that um, are putting in notification don't understand that it only starts the process, and if they can't complete it, they've created a real problem for themselves. So obviously you and I are advocates of cloud computing because our platforms are in the cloud and they're browser-based, but there are other ways to skin the cat. So if you're talking to somebody who's considering maybe some sort of a homegrown solution, maybe they're considering Web 2.0, cobbling together a loose affiliation of Blogger and Flickr and YouTube, or they're looking at licensed software, proprietary or open source, 
What are the indicators by which they can make an informed purchasing decision? Well, first of all, they need to understand that they don't have to be in the car building business. That's the sort of the analogy that I use is that um, when people understand all the demands uh, that they have for multi-mode distribution, for collaborative uh, preparation, all of these sorts of things, they have two choices. One is they can cobble together a solution, like you said, from multiple different uh, tools, with notification, you know, work group collaboration, uh, web content management, email distribution, all of these different pieces have to be put together. So they can, they can get these pieces from different vendors, or they can buy the whole car. We're the only ones that we're aware of, and I want to hear more about iPressroom since I think you're more convinced that we're competitors than I am so far. Um, we provide the entire car, so we put all of the pieces onto a single platform, and we integrate that so that when you send a notification um, uh, or an email message or somebody inquires, in, in, inquires, you have a complete record of all of those. And, and uh, by integrated, I mean you prepare your message, you select your audiences, and you hit the button once, and it does multiple things. So it's uh, having that degree of speed and efficiency is, uh, is critically important, and, and having an integrated um, uh, platform to operate from, we think, is also critically important. Well, now I'm entirely convinced that we're competitors, given your response. But, but having said that, looking at the economic situation moving forward, um, do you have any concerns that perhaps organizations are going to be more inclined to go with some sort of a homegrown solution because they're going to think they're going to be able to save a few bucks? Well, we have some pretty high-profile clients in the last little while who have bought our system because, uh, for example, we do complete media monitoring and, and clipping. We have all, all the media management tools. I'm sure in, in this case we are probably com competitors. Uh, they, a lot of companies already have cobbled together using multiple solutions. Um, I would almost guarantee that if they look at what they're paying for for monitoring, for uh, you know the ability to push information out, things like that, that uh, we'd be able to save them considerable amounts of money. Aside from the fact that having a highly uh, efficient platform can save an awful lot of time, and therefore. Um, as the uh, as one of our clients, the Coast Guard says, peer is a force multiplier. What that means is they can have far fewer people doing a lot more, and that's the critical issue really for uh, for organizations today. They may have some reductions in staff, um, but they still have to get the job done, and that de that demand doesn't change. So the real question is, how can a smaller you know a smaller staff do a lot more? The platform matters there tremendously, but they can justify the costs in most cases by saying, well, we don't need this, we don't need this, we don't need this, because it all comes included in the, uh, in the single platform. Gerald Barron, founder and CEO of Peer Systems, thank you so much for joining us. Great, thank you. You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the web to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web impacts corporate reputations, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com.